It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. We got a bonus episode for you today because the end of Super Wildcard Weekend is upon us. Thankfully, that was a rough, rough six games, dude. Yeah, since they've went to the the seventeen format, it kind of has been this way, right? Like mm-hmm. last year, there was last year was better, right? You had the the Chargers collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, Giants Vikings was exciting and then Dolphins Bills was close but really never that close but yeah this one was definitely worse but it's kind of been this way since they went to the seven seed uh, yeah. the seven team format and, and it's odd because we finally had a seven seed that won this weekend for the first time and so you thought maybe that would make it a little more exciting and certainly the Packers win over the Cowboys was huge on many fronts but the rest of the games really I suppose we should be thanking our lucky stars for Rams and Lions to kind of save the weekend on Sunday night. But let's talk a little bit about what happened on Monday in the two games. And we will start with the one that finished Super Wild Card weekend and finished Philly season as Tampa Bay just mopped the floor with the Eagles. So Philly, which started the year at 10 and one coming hot out of the gates after an appearance in the Super Bowl a year ago, they end up dropping six of their last seven. And there's a lot of people that are wondering if there's wholesale changes coming, particularly at the head of the snake with Nick Sirianni. Do you think they need all of that or do they just need a little bit of a reboot and kind of an autopsy on their season to fix what ailed them? I think the people in the building, like, you know, Roseman know how much of this is Sirianni, right? Cause you saw last year with the coordinators. I mean, they were a, really well coached unit last year Mm -hmm. like that they were they had obviously had great talent but well coached and then this year this wasn't just like some regression this was a total collapse but like a a total collapse and a lot of it to me is coaching issues right there's no semblance of a quick game in the offense there was no answer for the blitz you know not having a, a true slot wide receiver has caught up to them defense like the fire you know you know promoting matt patricia really made the defense worse in my opinion Mm-hmm. And guys were legit not playing hard in a playoff game. So this to me comes down to, is it more so the coordinators? Like you get the right coordinators and Sirianni's the guy because you saw him have a lot of success his first two years. But was that Shane, Was that truly Shane Steichen and Gannon who were making that go? Or is it, hey, we just brought in the wrong court. We brought bringing in Desai, Patricia on the defensive side and promoting Ben Johnson was a bad decision. So what do you think? I, it's hard for me to say because I, I like you've seen Sirianni do well, but I think him being kind of immature has caught up to him, right? Like where it leads to an immature locker room where when you're winning, everything goes good. But when you have some bad issues, it really compounds. And you saw a team that wasn't playing hard last night, which is yeah, insane for a playoff game. And that's where I point more towards Sirianni. And again, he's an offensive coach. So even if Ben Johnson's an issue, Sirianni can take control of those offensive meetings and never did. So I, I put it more on Sirianni. Yeah, Brian Johnson. I think he said Ben. Ben's up ben, in uh, yeah. Detroit, Brian. Yeah, I know. It happens. Um, so a few things to break down there. As far as play callers, and I don't know. Listen, Brian Johnson is really young in this business. I think it's only his third year in the NFL. It was his first year coordinating. Uh, Troy Aikman said it last night. Offensive coordinators and great play callers just don't grow on trees. They just don't. Like, they're not all over the place. In fact, part of the reason that Bill Belichick 
and uh, Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel are, are all coaching free agents right now is because they never it never felt like they got the offensive side of the football right with getting the right guy to call plays. So even some of the best in the biz have a tough time replacing dudes who can call it at some point. The thing about Philly is you mentioned the not playing hard. That doesn't roll in any of the 32 NFL towns. It really doesn't work in Philadelphia. If they feel like they are short, the players and the staff are shortchanging the fans anyway, that is going to be the, that is public enemy number one. So the Eagles ownership is going to look at what's out there and say, do we have a realistic shot at getting Bill Belichick in the building? Like, imagine that. Would you ever expect a Bill Belichick team to be unprepared and not play hard? Now, they still might not figure out the offense thing, and that would scare me a little bit, not a lot because it's Bill Belichick, but the rest of it would be so buttoned up that you would think that Philly would be back in this thing in no time, right? Yeah. They have personnel issues that they have to fix. You know, but they've got the, they've got one of the best personnel guys in the business. Yeah, and then they're more on the defensive side, right? And offensive, you know, success raises raises all ships. So, like, they're not like, okay, let's talk about this because this kind of leads into this conversation. Do you come away from this like saying Hertz is not what we thought? Because I don't. Now, maybe I didn't overreact and say it was a top five QB last year uh, because of a top five season, mm-hmm. but I I literally went through it. There's there's only eight guys in the NFL I'm taking right now over Jalen Hurts, like for a one season. For one season, I think that's probably fair. That's probably where he is, I, and I do think that he was never right physically after the middle of the season. And I thought nope. that I, I thought that that really took something away from his game because his ability to run up the middle um, and go get 15 yards like that was a huge part of their offense, so at least to have the threat of that. And now if he got four yards and ran toward the sideline to save himself, that was a bonus for them down the last six or seven weeks of the season. Yeah, he had one carry. Now that can be more of a negative on Hertz. It's like, hey, the way he plays is going to lead itself to injuries, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that conversation always had happened with Lamar and Lamar's got hurt, but Hertz is not a, a guy who avoids contact. I mean, just the tush push alone brings on a lot of contact and I mean, and they run him up the gut on like counter plays too. Um, but I, I, I look at this and I like, there's not much Hertz could have done differently. Like, did he miss a couple throws last night? Absolutely. But I don't look at that game like, oh my gosh, look at all the mistakes that Jalen yeah. Hurts made. In fact, I think he might've been their best player on offense last night outside of you know, Kelsey, who's going to be done. This was a tremendous fall from grace. However, when they were 10 and one, you heard Devonte Smith utter it. I remember after a game and uh, we said the same thing, which is even though they're 10 and one, it still doesn't feel like they're clicking. It was really weird because we remember we were having the discussion. Oh, we can't wait for week 13 when they're going to take on San Francisco in the NFC title game rematch. And hopefully they'll both be healthy and we'll really see who's the king of the NFC. And right. It was always the discussion was San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas is the third best team. And then nobody else would really have a shot in the NFC. And then there wasn't a, if there were, four worst teams in football over the last seven weeks of the year than Philadelphia, you'd have a hard time finding them because that's how bad Philly was. 
Well, they lost to the worst teams in the NFL down the road. You know, the Arizona right. Cardinals and the New York Giants. Those are both teams picking in the top six. Yep. And they and they lost to them, right? And you know, you know, and, and they probably would have lost to the Giants twice if they didn't start if they didn't start Tommy DeVito over Tyrod Taylor. Um so yeah, there's real issue. And I I that's why I put it on Sirianni, though, because it feels like it's a top down. And, you know, making the move to Matt Patricia was the wrong move, right? They just oh, totally boy. went out. Like that was, that was, and that seemed panicky, right? Just that, that seemed like a panic move, and it did not help, you know, their results at all. Um, but that being said, if, if they went and got an off, a different offensive coordinator and, like maybe even Frank Reich, because you know he's going to be looking for a job. It's funny the Colts and the Eagles keep on just swapping people, um, or you know whoever Steichen brought in brought the Indy with them as a QB coach, bringing them back as a play caller, whoever, uh, and just improve the linebacker and safety room a little bit. Like they're they're not they. It's not like they're like okay, their window's over. It's it's done. No, Goodbye, no. Philadelphia Eagles. So like they're not they're not a lot of steps away from fixing their issues. No, but it although, could start with moving on from Sirianni, which the Eagles have shown. Lurie's Jeff uh, Lurie, their owner, has shown is that he's not afraid to pull the trigger on firing a coach who's had success. No, I, I do think the Sirianni gets another year, is my guess. Although it wouldn't send a seismic shockwave through the NFL if he was gone. Uh, speaking of gone, Jason Kelsey, the reports are his 13-year future Hall of Fame career is over. Although he hasn't made it official, I'm sure he will on his podcast, is my guess. Uh, as for the Bucks, there is the other side of this equation. Uh, they end up moving on to the divisional round. They take care of Detroit. Uh, how much of ha, has your opinion of Baker Mayfield changed from week one of this year to now the second round of the playoffs? I want to ask you, because you know Baker Mayfield much mm -hmm. better than I do. He quarterbacked your team, so you know the ins and outs of what yes. makes him tick and what makes him go. Has your opinion of him changed a lot? Okay, so I start with this. You know, I got obviously a, a lot of people being snarky on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days. Hey, you should have hung on to Baker. Listen, folks, I'm just going to tell you, based on what you don't know, he could never have stayed in Cleveland. He just couldn't have. Uh, there was too much going on elsewhere to make that a viable relationship. And then he went on and, you know, he joined four teams in a very short span. I do think the time, and Troy Aikman made this point, I think the time in Los Angeles helped kind of get him back to center in terms of the having fun part. I don't know what else helped him kind of grow up other than being shaken to your core, realizing that one day you're the number one pick overall by the Cleveland Browns and helping them get to the playoffs, and the next day you're down in Carolina with an organization that's even more of a mess than the Browns. So I think probably waking up with that, Maybe getting rid of some of the people on the periphery who didn't help Baker right out of the gate may have helped him as well. Uh, Baker was always a talented guy, and I always felt that the Browns could win a significant number of games with him, but never compete for a championship with him. And um, I will say this. I don't know what the Buccaneers do great. I think they throw the ball pretty well. Uh, they won far and away the worst division in the NFL, and they beat far and away... Uh, the most lost team in the playoffs. Now, if we are talking next week about them winning in Detroit next Sunday night, I will say, hell yes, Baker has changed the entire complexion of that organization, and I will say it will shock the hell out of me. But I expect them to lose. I don't know if it will be particularly close, 
Um, I just happen to think that he found a great situation in a terrible division. And the guy can always throw the ball, man. He threw the ball beautifully last night. He could add a ton of yards. His guys were dropping it all over the place. But if this is going to change my opinion on him, he'll never be anything more than the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the league in a great year. That's yeah, I was going to say, that's it. like a compliment to Baker. Um, you usually don't see this with starting NFL quarterbacks because they are usually the most self-motivated. They're the self most self-motivated people on the planet Earth to be that successful at that position. But he seems to be the one that's not. And he's like, there's pull. Like when he's comfortable, that's when he's like not his best, right? And you heard the, you know, the stuff about, you know, he's not, you know, when he had COVID or whatever it was, like he was playing video games and not really preparing for the game. Um, but when he is motivated, you see the most out of him, right? When he feels slighted. And that really does like paint. Because, I mean, his seat his career is good, bad, good, bad, good. Bad, bad, good. Like that. That's how his career has went. Mm -hmm. This was his best year. I think this was better than his 2020 season because that totally that's that Browns offense was set up for so much success with Stefanski being new there, uh, and and some of the the that run game and and Landry and the little bit of Odell that they had. Um, so I I really think he's just like not self-motivated. Like I think he needs to feel slighted and having to go and battle for, Kyle, you know, a job with Kyle Trask in training camp and win that as kind of set himself up. So the question is, what does he look like next year? Mm -hmm. Because he, he's never put together two good years in a row uh, in the NFL. And it hasn't been like good, mediocre. It's been good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Listen, I think that he actually could run the Browns offense as well as any quarterback could. Right now, I think that offense suits him beautifully, his ability to play fake and things like that. Um, and I'll give – I don't know if it's Canales that really changed the way Baker plays this year, but he did. Baker played he played his best season this year, and he threw the ball great, as I mentioned last night. Is it going to carry on to the divisional round? I don't know. Like I said, I think they got a hell of a draw, man. <laughs> the fact they lost 20-6 they... to six to him once this year already. Yeah, but they also got blown out by the Eagles. That sort of stuff in the first half of the year doesn't I don't take I don't take a ton of stock in that sort of stuff. I'm just saying that right now, if they go up to Detroit and win, I will next week on next Monday's show be like, boy, oh boy, he's changed and good for him. As of right now, he's gonna end up getting an awesome contract, which I think he has earned. But I mean, if we're gonna go pick the starting quarterbacks one through thirty two. He might make it in the top half next year. That's just real. That's yeah. I know. I agree with that hundred percent. You know what my New Year re resolution was this What's year? What's that? What's to that? stop um, giving quarterbacks these huge flowers after wins, even if you don't think they're like a top seven in the NFL. So I've changed. Yeah. That's that's my New Year's resolution. Is like you know what? I'm not going to say two was amazing when he has a three game stretch next year. That looks great. I'm just going to say he is what Tua is. So. Yeah, so I agree I, with you on your Baker Mayfield analysis, despite the playoff think, win. I think that sometimes, like, oh, you're not giving him the respect. I, uh, yes, absolutely. He can't – I'm not going to begrudge him because he went to the crappiest division in the NFL and won that thing, or that he played the most suspect team we had in the NFL playoffs going in. That's not his fault. Great for him. He dealt with the situation. He played unbelievably well. I'm just saying, if you're going to sit here and look at it realistically and have a quarterback draft, you be honest with yourself. 
when are you taking Baker Mayfield out of all the starters that are available? Yeah, I'll, I'll, literally, I'll literally go through it right now. Josh Allen, Tua, Dak, Jalen Hurts, Lamar, Burrow. Fields, I won't I won't say Fields yet. Uh, Goff, Love, Cousins, Stroud. I mean. Right, exactly. You haven't even really started thinking and we, about and we, it. And I, that's just getting through 17 of the teams, right? And that's 10 right, right there. Yeah, so that that's all. But awesome job by him last night, and good for the Bucks that are moving on. Uh, Buffalo winner by a couple of scores. Game never really felt in jeopardy when they were up twenty-one nothing against Pittsburgh. Now the Bills welcome Patrick Mahomes for Mahomes' first ever road playoff game next weekend. Outside of the two quarterbacks, what's the next biggest story in this one? One last note on the Bucks. I love Kalijah Kansi, their rookie defensive tackle. Mm. He's the reason I wanted the Bucks to win, so I could watch one more game with him. It's the Chiefs' wide receivers. <laughs> Trivia for you, Rose. Who was the Chiefs' second wide receiver this year, and how many catches does he have? If you get within five, I will consider that a, a correct guess. Okay. So you're talking Rasheed about – Rice is number one. Rasheed Rice. We're talking about wide receivers, not pass catchers. Correct? Yeah. Correct. So number two – I mean, I don't think Valdez – Scantling caught enough passes to be number two. Richie James is there. Um, get out of Western Michigan. I felt like he got hurt. Um, my God, they don't have anybody else. Justin Watson. And Justin Watson was, and he had, and he had twenty-seven catches. Oh. Yeah, oh so he's God. their second wide receiver after Rishi Rice. So uh, to me, All it's right. their receivers because I feel like if their receivers. We've been having this conversation since literally the first football today. Recapping the Chiefs-Lions game and previewing week one, Rose, is we said, well, yeah, the receivers aren't good, but as long as they're not actively tanking the team, they should be all right. We had That was first topic of this show's history. And they went on to the season to tank the team a little bit. <laughs> Just don't, 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 you don't have to be great. We don't need my, you know, Valdez Scandling and Justin Watson having 80 yards. Just don't screw it up. And, and I think the Chiefs probably get out with a victory. For me, it's can Buffalo get out of its own way a little bit? And what I mean by that is it feels like they've been playing playoff football, right, for the last six or seven weeks. They were six and six, and we were openly asking the question whether or not they'd be around in mid-January to play. Well, here they are. They won the division. They're the two seed, and now they're saying, okay, Patrick, you get to come to our house. Everything says that the Bills should win this. Everything. But there's a lot of games where we've said over the last couple of years the Bills should win it and it should be no problem. But how many times are they then late in a game and you're like, what the hell's going on? Why? Even even last night where I said it wasn't that close, had the Steelers like gotten one more score, all of a sudden you're trying to think about this thing like, oh my God, are the Steelers really going to hang around here and do this? It just feels like the Bills sometimes can't get out of their own way. And I know that they've got now several more defensive injuries to deal with. And we'll see, obviously, today and tomorrow how some of those guys are progressing because they're going to need all hands on deck. I don't care about the – I get it. Kansas City's pass catchers are rough. You're still going against Patrick Mahomes and an Andy Reid coached offense, so you've got to be at your best. But, man, there's sometimes where Buffalo, it feels like they should be running away and they just don't for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, the Steelers game last night, like, even though they, like you said, never felt like that victory wasn't safe, you look at the scoreboard and you're like, man, this is, 
they were playing any other team right now, there'd probably be a right. little more, you know, panic in this, but you just knew the Steelers weren't really capable of that. Um, so yeah, so I, I can't really buy into the bills. Again, my thing with the bills is not, are they capable of beating any team in his NFL playoffs? Absolutely. Are mm-hmm. they capable of blowing out any team? In this playoffs? I actually think so too. Are they capable of winning four straight games? Um, and in the playoffs, you know, Allen's three and one versus Mahomes in the regular season, zero and two in the playoffs. And I know it's in Buffalo for the first time in the playoffs, but Kadarius Tony doesn't line up offsides. The Chiefs win that regular season matchup in a game that was much more important for the Bills than the Chiefs at the time, because uh, I think they were coming off of the Eagles' loss in that stretch of needing to win games. So uh, I, I am, I will probably end up going with the Chiefs in this, but hey, wide receivers don't tank this. That's the biggest talking point for me. In the meantime, the Pittsburgh Steelers still have not won a playoff game since 2016. Their season came to an end Monday evening in Buffalo, but not before a very interesting walk-off by Mike Tomlin. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. And goodbye, Mike. Goodbye. Do you think major... Major changes are coming in the Steel City. No. Well, actually, I hope so. I hope so to quarterback. Because I, I I like Mike Tomlin a lot, right? And I know he hasn't won a playoff game in a long time, but tell me the matchup he really should have won. And, you know, you go back, you know, that lost to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. That was mm-hmm. that was an embarrassing game, even if you thought the Browns are better. That was an embarrassing game for the Steelers. The Jags game we'd look at, but that Jags team was pretty damn good. It was just the defensive outing. But the last two, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, no one picked them to win those games. I give him credit for keeping this team to still have these non-losing records. But Tomlin just needs to get the quarterback, right? Like you can't be a you can't have a great coach without either a great offensive system or a great quarterback. And they don't have either of those right now. Yeah, but we asked the question a couple of weeks ago when Pe- Kenny Pickett was healthy enough to start up there in Seattle. Or, well, maybe it wasn't Seattle, but maybe the next week. And then, you know, wasn't. It was Mason Rudolph who was the guy who was not active basically the last two years to save their season and get them into the playoffs. It's not really Pittsburgh's MO to move off of somebody like Kenny Pickett, whom they drafted in the first round, even if it feels like the right thing to do. So, do you really think that's going to happen? I mean, they already did, though. They started Mason Rudolph in a playoff game. I, I know. But do you think that? that they're going to do it and restart their search again. I hope so because I I I think what they I think they get it right for the most part over there. Right? They have a good balance of risk and play and being safe with how they handle their organization while, you know, taking chances on wide receivers like George Pickens and and Antonio Brown or whoever and then knowing when to move off. But you know, they just, they they simply just need to find that quarterback which is one of the hardest things to do in the nfl but if they do i think we'll be talking about mike tom the same way we talked about him 10 years ago so we both agree that they probably need a new quarterback although i'm not sold that that the organization will pull the trigger the other part of this is tomlin i don't know if you saw the interview with Najee harris in the um locker room afterward yesterday he said we need more discipline in here now you got to keep in mind he's a guy that came from alabama and nick saban's culture right and now he said, this isn't finger pointing at the coaches, but he said, we just need more discipline and more rules. I didn't quite understand what he was saying because on one hand, it sounded like he was questioning 
just how the ship is ran. But then he made a point to make sure that let's get this off of Tomlin and all of those guys up there. It was very mixed message. And it sounded like things are strange behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's one of my criticisms outside of just offense for Tomlin is you do have to come down with a heavy stick sometimes, right? Like George, like get, get control of George Pickens, right? Like, like get in, get into him. I'm not saying you're going to turn George Pickens into, you know, you know, a choir boy on the team, but you know what, when he throws his helmet like that, go get like dig into him. Don't just let him, you know, do what he, whatever he wants to do. Right. Um, and he has done, I mean, they did move off of chase Claypool. Now, obviously Claypool, we don't view him as the same talent as Pickens, but like they right. do, they do get off of those guys when it, when they've needed to, and they've always let receivers go. Um, but I don't know. I bet, but he also is, you know, you can't last that long while also being bad, like a bad locker room presence as a head coach, right? We would fear we'd be hearing way, way more than the Najee Harris stuff, but maybe there is, and I'm not paying attention to it. I don't know. It seems fascinating because it feels like every year we're doing dealing with something out of that wide receiver room in Pittsburgh, right? They can find guys because they never draft a, a first round wide receiver. They find a ton of talent, but they also find major, major headaches. And by the way, I think Mike Tomlin should get his bust in Canton just having to deal with Antonio Brown as long as he did. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to a quick one. A uh, couple of coaching notes. Jim Harbaugh interviewed with the Chargers on Monday. Bill Belichick recently spoke with the Atlanta Falcons. Which coaching job search of those two are you more interested in? Belichick, because he's got to get it right. Because even though I will not view him any less, like it, it matters image-wise if he goes and wins or loses in this next stop. I'm not saying Super Bowl's the the bar, but like he should... He should take that Falcons team to the playoffs next year if he's the head coach. And if he doesn't, it's a failure. And it's a, you know, so that's, that's a, that's why I'm more interested in where Belichick goes. And I just love Bill Belichick. So I'm more interested in that in general. The reason I say Harbaugh is because I think it can shake two different sports to its core, right? I mean, college football and the NFL, it's the same sport in terms of football, but two totally different entities. So you're going to take the national championship winning coach away from his alma mater, away from a place where his family has been entrenched for decades, and now put him in the NFL, a place where he obviously had a very successful run, but then, you know, burned some bridges and didn't have a great relationship on the way out. So I always find him fascinating, right? Even though he's super quirky, he is, he wins, he can coach, and he ruffles feathers. And he, there is drama surrounding him wherever he ends up. And so I think if he comes back in the NFL, for goodness sakes, if he takes over the Chargers, that it seems like the perfect matchup because it's this franchise that has issues after issues after issues with this coach who can obviously get shit straight, but then has a whole different thing following him wherever. I, I think that'll be fascinating. Yeah, I, I love Harbaugh, and but he like he will get them on the right path, like yep. you said. But it's how long does it last? But I also. Like I'm more expecting the the ESPN notific or the NFL Network notification that Jim Harbaugh is getting a raise at Michigan, mm. than he's getting the head coaching job with the Chargers. Well, listen, one of those two things will most likely happen. So you're gonna get something, uh, getting your phone to buzz, no question. 
Uh, excuse me. We are back at it Thursday. We'll get you all set for divisional round Saturday and Sunday. Eight teams, four games. Just a few hours away from getting back into it. We can't wait. Uh, for producer Mikey and Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. We'll see you later this week on Football Today.